0: The Late Morning Program with
1: Namras Podcast. Hare Krishna, everyone. You are listening to the Late Morning Program, the number one Hare Krishna podcast in the world. I'm your host, Ras Das. I'm here with His Holiness, B.V. Tripper, Ari Maharaj. Maharaj, you're on for a second time. I'm really excited to speak to you, and I'm really honored. Thank you so much for joining me.
0: Well, it's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, you have a nice, uh, nice program here. It seems quite uh, well received by the uh,
1: by the community
0: and uh, varied. So,
1: thank you so much.
0: Appreciate the program. and Happy to be with you.
1: Thank you. Uh, so, Maharaj, just. Um, Maybe carrying on from, from last time, we were speaking about different subjects, and now the subject comes up regarding uh, your books and how many books you've written. You've written a you were the first to write a Bhagavad Gita commentary after Srila Prabhupada, meaning Srila Prabhupada's disciples. You were the first to do that. So let's probably start out here with um, why did you start what inspired you? Why did you start writing books? And did you get any flack for that? Meaning, did you get criticized for uh, writing books after Srila Prabhupada? I mean, I could understand why that could happen, but maybe tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, well, uh, that does kind of, your question just kind of pick up where we left off, because when we spoke last time, you were asking me a little little bit about my history and so forth. And um, I think it culminated in my choice to um, serve separately from from ISKCON, served sort of separately. And, um, you know, uh, as one of the consequences of that is that um, I didn't have any books to distribute because at the time they wouldn't sell me any books, any of Prabhupada's books to, to sell. So, that was the impetus, I think, behind, you um, writing books on my part and I I uh, I felt that uh, well we uh, have to have some books <laughs> and so um, um, I'll write them I didn't have any background in uh, in writing I didn't have any education outside of really high school um, I'd never written anything but a letter or two <laughs> but uh, you know'm I'm a, I'm a pretty good speaker um, and I know the material well, and um, I also, you know, pretty good communicator, understanding how people are thinking and so forth. And at that time, being outside of ISKCON, I I turned to what was at the time starting to be called like the New Age community. This was in the um, mid-1980s. Right. and uh, there were a lot of magazines coming out at that time um, new age magazine yoga journal was still in the black was still in the red at that time that hadn't become successful um, financially speaking and so uh, I started writing by writing a magazine we call it Claring call Claring call is a it's an old English term and bhakti Siddtaka used that phrase to refer to Krishna's uh, uh, Final statement in the Gita Sarva Dharman, Pratija, comes Kam Saranam, and so forth. So uh, I developed a new language and whatnot to speak with that particular uh, community. It was it, for, for me, it was a little bit going back to um, alternative America, where a lot of us disciples of Prabhupada came from, but divorced ourselves from considerably. Um, and ISCON tended to to kind of minister to more uh, straight America in a lot of ways. Right. Um, so in that community, I could I could exist as a sannyasi mm-hmm. um, and be uh, uh, accepted, so to speak. So I, I, I started publishing the magazine. And then one of my friends, I, did, I think we did that for a couple of years. It came out quarterly and it was in all the newsstands around the United States and so forth. Actually, members of ISCON who published The Back to God had secretly uh, arranged a meeting with me. I didn't know it was secret, but it was secret as it turned <laughs> out. They liked the, some of the things I was doing in the magazine and they wanted to interview me about it, my insights and so forth. Um, so I I did offer them some advice what, how I thought it would be good what a direction to go in with Back to Godhead magazine. Yeah. But at any rate, um, the magazine was very, um, it was well-received, but it was, it took a lot of uh, energy, you know, to be on time and deliveries and uh, the publishing schedule and so on and so forth. And so I shifted from that to, uh, to writing, writing books. And I began by writing a couple of introductory books. I think the first book I wrote was called "Rasa Love Relationships and Transcendence," and it's full of uh, the kind of language, if you will, that I, that I that I that I mentioned, vocabulary and so forth, that I developed to uh, address um, that particular community. And uh, right. it was a it was a community that was largely ignored at the time by by ISCON, so I didn't want to. Um, compete with them so to speak and so I uh, that's another reason I, I chose that and uh, and so anyway eventually I shifted from writing the magazine to um, writing books mm-hmm. and um, again I first started the books were more more intended for the general public but gradually I I uh, shifted or drifted into the direction of writing books for the devotional community that would also have some, uh, be accessible to and inviting to educated, liberal-minded uh, people in, a, in, a, in English-speaking language, in North America in particular. It frustrated me to see um, that uh, Buddhism, for example, was, was such, that if you were at some type of a gathering, a social gathering, a party or something like that, and someone mentioned that they had been to a Buddhist retreat, it would be very uh, cool. Right. <laughs> uh, but if you said that you would have gone to the Hare Christian temple, it, it wouldn't be received in the same way. So mm-hmm. that was very frustrating to me to see that because of how rich the uh, Godia uh, theology is and how much it. How much it picks up, if you will, where, where something that Buddhism leaves off. If you, if you were to take um, an American kind of example, uh, to be within uh, materially conditioned life would be in negative numbers. If you were to go f- to go from there to to Buddhism, you'd come to zero, mm-hmm. which is positive in relation to negative numbers, and it's it's quite a big uh, step in and of itself. And most paths just kind of take a deep breath and and leave it at that. Um, But then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked the question more or less, are there any positive numbers Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be considered? And, you know, it goes to 108, if you will. Um, So I just felt that um, there was a way to talk about Godi Vaishnavism in contemporary society amongst educated people that would, whereby they would find it attractive and and at the same time um with that being a focus again my focus shifted to to speaking through my books to devotees in such a way that they would also um start to do that I I I hoped and and have a more uh maybe a a greater uh, sense of what the dialogue is, what's going on out there amongst educated people, how they're thinking about the nature of consciousness, and so on and so forth. Um, Robin wanted us to preach to educated people and right. so on, so, so my focus in my books turned from introductory books to books that were for devotees and for educated people. I'd say they're more like. You know, seventy percent for devotees, mm-hmm. and thirty percent for people who, you know, could pick up on it hmm. to some extent, and then need further uh, guidance to understand some of the terms and so forth. But uh, yeah, yeah, a way of talking about deep um, subjects, d- d- the core issues of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, in contemporary language, and showing the universality. Mm-hmm. Of uh, Godi Vaishtava's wisdom's deep concepts
1: Right, and how are they received when you like well, for example, you started with rasa, then in 1993, ancient wisdom for modded ignorance in 1995, and then yeah. Tattva Zandarbha in 1995 then it Tattva Sandarbha—that's that's that's a that's a whole different thing
0: yeah, well, that's that's the shift that I'm talking about from right introductory books ancient wisdom for modern ignorance was based on articles that had been written for the clarion call magazine that i mentioned rasa was an original uh, uh book uh for myself but again those were more introductory how they received well they, they sold out they're out of print now <laughs> and wow. darba is out of print also um my shakshastika commentary is almost out of print uh, Gopal Tapani Upanishad commentary and translation, that's out of print. gita has been, I think it's in its fourth fourth printing. Wow. Um, and, you know, these, these are, <laughs> I, I don't, uh, you know, I'm, I'm known for selling Prabhupada's books, so being, you know, kind of in a, in, crude as it was uh, in, in the marketing section um, rather than in the editorial and publishing section. Uh, but um, having shifted to that, latter group, the editing and publishing sector, I haven't really done anything to market my books. I don't have an army of people out selling them and whatnot. So they all sold, you know, in stores and uh, uh, eventually online and so forth. Yeah. But up at Sundarv, uh, yeah, that, that's quite a shift. And there's quite an interesting history to that.
1: Yeah, I'd love um, to hear that.
0: Well, I started studying, I, I studied the, the Sundarbas in, in the early uh, 90s, 1990, 1992, 93 with uh, with Inarayan Das Babaji at that time was a member of ISKCON, was living in the um, ISKCON, uh, in Krishna Balarama Mandir's uh, Gurukul and teaching Sanskrit there. And he had been initiated by uh, Jayatirtha Maharaj or Jayatirtha uh, uh, Prabhu, who was a, a friend of mine, but uh, had not, been able to uh, live up to the expectations um, that a disciple would have of, of a guru. And Satan Ryan then got initiated by another person in ISKCON, and that wasn't working out that well either for him, apparently. So he searched around um, in Vrindavan for a, a teacher, and he ended up coming under the tutelage of Haridas Shastri. Haridas Shastri was a controversial person in, in Vrindavan because he... Um, He didn't, um, he didn't look fondly upon the system of Siddha Pranali that was going on at the time, giving out of Siddha Deyas and so forth uh, uh, on the part of gurus and, and was much more conservative. Um, In fact, um, there are a number of, of uh, Gaudiya Moth disciples of Bhakti Siddhanta who were initially Bhakti Daiti Madhava Maharaj, for example, Two of his um, leading sannyasis were both uh, sent by Madhav Marsh to Haridas Shastri to learn uh, different um, texts and so forth, Sandharvas, um, and so on. Bhakti Puri Maharaj sent uh, one of his sannyasi disciples to Haridas Shastri also to learn. So he was known as being uh, an objective and very, very learned. Uh, sadhu and scholar from the, um, from the Karadhar, um, bar. And, um, and so, as I say, Satyan Ryan was, was learning from him, and he was uh, giving classes on the Sandarvas, And I heard about that, because I was spending a lot of time in Vandabha in those days. So I went and I, I met him, and I learned the Sandarvas. This was probably 1993 or 92, something like that, quite some time ago, and uh, that was before, of course, they were published. And in in the context of of uh, digesting the the material of uh, of Gita Goswami at, at great length, which I relished very much, uh, I mentioned this to him. I said, "You know, you should write something. You should put this. You know, in print." And he said, "No, no, no." He kind of went, "No." <laughs> and he was, uh, so I said, ah, maybe I, I'll do something. So I went and uh, published, or, uh, wrote an a, uh, explanation of the Taiphasandarabha. And um, apparently he started doing it as, as well, unbeknownst to me, and he, he didn't know that I was doing it. And so his came out, uh, his first edition, which he was helped with in English writing by a disciple of Prabhupada named Kundali. Mm-hmm. Das. And um, um, so they came out at, a, at about the same time. But um, interestingly, my edition, unbeknownst to me, was sent out in manuscript form by one of my godbrothers, brothers. His name is Vicharadas, Das, a Canadian devotee, uh, and friend of mine. Two different scholars that he f- had a list of Indologists. And on that list was uh, Jan Brzezinski and Jan Brzezinski received the manuscript and got in touch with me. His uh, former name was, um, he's a disciple of Prabhupada, I forget his former name, um, but he eventually, after having taken sannyas from Bhavananda and that uh, not working out, uh, he went to uh, Lee Prashad, Bhakti Siddhanta's brother and he received uh, um some mantras from him and the name, name jagadananda ananda mm-hmm. and so he was on the list apparently uh, and he's a he's a he's a sanskrit scholar who got his phd from oxford many many years ago he did his uh, thesis on jiva goswami Swakya or parki paraki of the old controversy in, in Gaudiya vaishnavism so uh, when he got the book, he was very inspired and he got in touch with me. And then he came out to visit me at my suggestion for a week or so we spent together. And um, I was able to encourage him to get, you know, back in, involved in to Vaishnavism, which he hadn't been for years. He was married, he had a son uh, living, um, I think, in Montreal. And uh, just subsequent to that Narayan Marsh, uh, not long after that, I guess, came to the Americas for the first time. And we were the, f- I, I was in Oregon at the time, I had an ashram there. We were the only group that invited him to, uh, you know, come and, and visit it. But then none of the Iskon temples would allow him to uh, to, to come. So he came for three days and gave talks and so forth and so forth and so on. And I, I talked to him about Jagadananda and his past and so forth. And he encouraged me to encourage him and stay in touch with him. Uh, so, uh, that was the beginning of a, of a relationship I've had with him. I don't agree with him on everything, but, um, but um, he's, he's quite a good scholar and a good Sanskritist. And now, as it turns out, well, the last few years, he is part of the uh, three-person team, Satya Jagadananda and um, Navdeep Das, who, uh, who are... Uh, uh, publishing the definitive editions of the Santas so my edition had something to do with with right. that that's going on right now that I think is uh, is, is is good for the community so I, I so it's an interesting you know um, history um, and uh, and I, yeah since then i was uh, uh, very in, inspired by by the work of Jiddu Goswami, the Sundarbas, in particular, the way he he um, presents the philosophy,
1: mm.
0: which, is, hey. which is a controversial issue at the moment.
1: <laughs> right, I wanted to segue into that. Uh, what are your comments on... on uh, So so th- for those of you who don't know, um, I did a podcast with uh, uh, Swami Padmanab Maharaj, who is um, Jabari Maharaj's uh, disciple, and we talked about the bhakti's inherency or not inherent... Um, and and then there was a response to that uh, from uh, Sundar Gopal Prabhu uh, regarding you know that it is that it is inherent, and so there was been back and forth on the comments and 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 devotees going back and forth on that. And I just wanted to know what your comments were because I guess I haven't heard you speak about it at all. But just briefly, just to 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 talk about that.
0: Well, I. I um someone brought to my attention the, the, the podcast that you had with Sundar Gopal. So I, I listened to that. I was, um, I was quite under, underwhelmed on, uh, however, as to, um, his, uh, presentation and how it held up. Um, and I was a little disappointed with the, at the onset of it as well, which he, um, he, he began his, presentation by saying that this controversy, the genesis of it, comes from Ananta Vasudeva, a disciple of Bhakti Siddhanta who left uh, Bhakti Siddhanta, who was a prominent disciple in the main Acharya, if you will, um, in the Lodiamath sector, after the passing of Bhakti Siddhanta, who left the, and um, Sundar Agropal said that his main contention was that uh, that Bhakti Vinod Thakur had preached that Bhakti was inherent and that he disagreed with, called it appa But that's not accurate, the, the, the basis of uh, um, Ananda Vasudeva and Sundarana Gopal, who, who left, left uh, because uh, they doubted the the, uh, the lineage of Bhakti Siddhanta, whether he was actually initiated by Gorka Shortas They're related issues and so forth. But they never mentioned Bhakti Siddhanta in their in the three books they wrote, and they never mentioned Bhakti Bhaktivinoda either. So um and in fact, um, uh, Haberman, the scholar, I forget his first name, forgive me, um, who actually became a uh, initiated member of the Balabha Sampradaya, but was introduced to Gaudiya Vaishnavism through, well, to Vaishnavism through Gaudiya Vaishnavism. He wrote a book years ago, um, Acting as a Way of Salvation, which is about the Gaudiya Vaishnav conception of of Raghunava Bhakti. And at the onset of the book, he himself, having interviewed different members of the Gaudiya community outside of ISKCON, Stated that there were two opinions that he ran into: that bhakti was inherent, or that bhakti wasn't inherent. And by inherent, I think that they that they meant that the the uh, swarup, the bhakti swarup, the spiritual form and persona, if you will, that uh, a devotee would uh, attain, was uh, preordained or something like that. Uh, so. So the controversy uh, goes beyond um, Godium Math and, and whatnot. But um, yeah, I, I didn't find uh, Sundar Gopal's uh, uh, ideas uh, very compelling. He uh, seemed to place a, a lot of emphasis on uh, the Rishi from the one branch of the Ramanuja Sampradaya, Mujira Goswami, mentions and cites um, and uh, holds, holds in, in regard. But I mean, he cites them in the context of his having cited a verse from the Padma Purana. And um, the rishi has his own verse, the verse from Padma Purana, lists the, c- the characteristics uh, of the atma and the rishi adds a couple of more um, to them. And um, Jiva Goswami cites any number of venerable uh, Vaishnavas, but he doesn't ascribe to everything that they teach, which Sunil Kapal seems to think that he should, or he does, Jiva Goswami subscribe to everything that, that um, the Rishi from the uh, Ramanudra um subscribes to, which, which <laughs> is, uh, Seems a little silly. I mean even the word praim, I mean obviously the Rishi didn't study the pray the preti Sandarbha, brain Preeti, same thing. Hadn't even been written yet. And so what his idea, his idea of praying is, is is, is even in the Ramak Sampradaya is very different from the idea in in, in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Right. Um, so um, but besides that, I mean he put a lot of emphasis on the word sheshatva, which is one of the qualities of the Atma, which basically means, shesha means remainder, which means that the the, the jiva is a, um, a part and parcel to use Prabhupada's terminology of the Paramatma, comes from the Paramatma, sheshatva. So to say, as Suna did did, sheshatva equals dasatva equals prema is, is is such a stretch that it, it it's it's um, it's not credible i mean jiva goswami says in the Sundarbha himself Paramatma Sundarbha, what he means what his understanding of shay is in, in a couple of paragraphs and he doesn't use the term anywhere in the pre Sundarbha where prama or preti is described and so on so i mean i could go on it that's a whole other topic right. i'm i'm going I, to my presentation very 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 compelling
1: Right. I'm actually I bringing. I appreciate
0: his, his um, uh, way of presenting, if you will. Um, sure.
1: sure. Going back to the authorship topic, um, should one write if they have yet to have a kind of mystic perception of the reality that they're writing about? Like, if one is not fully realized, then what is one even writing about? I think this is kind of in discourage, this discourages contemporary devotees to be writers because they feel like, okay, I'm not there yet to kind of like share my ideas yet. What would you say to that?
0: Well, there's a couple of things come to mind. One thing is um, to beware (laughs) Um, because Gaudiya Vaishnavism really unlike uh other schools of Vedanta is not only a being but also becoming what what i mean by that is that it's thought that uh inaccurately so that in the material life we're all trying to become something but Vedanta says we're trying to become what we are we're trying to become pleasured we're trying to become stable and we're trying to know Satyatananda. We're trying to be, in a sense, um, what, what what we are. Hmm? Mm. And rather than trying to be become, we're trying to become, I should say, what we are. Rather than trying to become, we should just be. Hmm? But in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, there is also a, a transcendental becoming, as well. Um, Prem, for example, is said to be full. Incomplete, but ever increasing. Hmm? Um, how and there's of course a question: How can something be eternal and um, have a beginning, or 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 how can there be anything new hmm? in that which is eternal? Well, Gaudiya Vaishnavism doesn't answer it logically, but it but it, but it says that there's uh, every time you see Krishna that this, this is a symptom of Anurag. He looks new. Is he new, or just as he's look? Does he just look new? Mm-hmm. Are there new pastimes? Kumar and Brigid Bhagavatam enters into into Golok, and and uh, there's a whole new leela that uh, that surrounds his, his 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 entrance there. Now you can say it's all there, of course, in potential. Mm-hmm. Um, all the bhavas are there. Sakya is there, it's eternal. Uh, uh, Manurya Bhav is there, Matsali Bhav. Uh, yeah, and, and, and these are all uh, expressions of the Surab Shakti, which is continually in an ongoing way, pre- representing itself for the pleasure of Krishna, anticipating his uh, desires and so forth. Um, so new persons can come out of an eternally existing Bhav, if you will. Um, so, um, you ask, does someone have to be there? Well, it, it, the very nature of it is that it's, it's ongoing. Mm. In transcendence itself, the whole idea of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is that Krishna is trying to understand himself and experience himself in ways that he has not to date, mm-hmm, from the vantage point of Radha. So there's a new Leela for that. And you can say that Leela is eternal and so forth, but um still there's uh, the way I look at it is there's eternal becoming as well and, and And again, bhakti, praying is full but ever increasing at the same time. So where do you want to start um, with how how experienced someone is before saying anything um, about, uh what it is that one is involved in, whether it be writing or talking about it. There's not a heck of a lot of difference. I remember once I was sitting with Prabhupada. Prabhupada was, uh, I had heard the Prabhupada was going to cook that day. I was in Vrindavan, so I I, I went down and uh, I was going to help him. And as I got there, he was taking a massage and I said, Prabhupada, I heard you were going to cook, so I came to help him. He said, no, oh, yeah, I you no, know, no, I'm not cooking today. And then he began to speak. I was a new sannyasi. I, sannyasi so he said, I can cook with wood. Um, and he began to speak about the independence of a sannyasi. He meant I could live in the forest. I could collect wood and cook. And I don't need anybody. And he was speaking like that <laughs> to me. And uh, um, a brother of mine who was a, a well-known book distributor and a friend of mine, Gopa Vrindapal, he um heard that I was in speaking to Prabhupada, and so he came in and um Prabhupada entertained him and uh he made a presentation to Prabhupada, which was that he um he felt that the, the, the preachers on the street who were selling the books should know the script better, and he thought that there should be some documentation of what they should say and what they shouldn't say. Hmm? so that the teaching wouldn't be misrepresented. Uh, But Prabhupada didn't like the idea at all that it would be scripted. And he said, no, no, no. He said, just like our true Pārīmarājim pointed to me, he said, so Krishna is giving him so many things in the heart to say. And he's saying them. So we cannot regulate the preachers. This is coming from Krishna. They have inspiration and, and, and it's coming from Krishna and it, 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 it Prabhupada wanted very much to encourage this kind of independent thinking, independent action in a sense also. He wanted his books very, um, you know, very well edited and so forth. And you could say that's kind of the, Obeyed non-difference, one philosophy, but it lent itself to uh, a, a difference in expression. Hmm? So he wanted all the temples to be independent um, and he kind of ran this movement um, with the idea that, well, they're sincere, they're chanting. They told me they wanted to open a temple in San Francisco. I guess we should go there. Krishna wants to go there. Hmm? When Tamal Krishna said, "Well, Prabhupada once once Prabhupada was talking to him and he Prabhupada, wanted him to do something," and Tamal Krishna Maharaj said, "Prabhupada, I might as well go to China," and Prabhupada said, "Yes, Krishna said you you might as well go to China." <laughs> so, <laughs> so Prabhupada was kind of following the hearts of his own disciples, where he thought Krishna was present in their sincerity, and um, expanding his movement in that way, experimenting, as he said, giving out the holy name, and he. Let's see what happens. So I'm just speaking you know, in a broad way in answer to your question. That sure. I, that I think that we don't want to speak or teach in such a way as to really uh, discourage devotees from expressing themselves. Yeah, they may make mistakes and so forth, but they can learn from them also. Mistakes are only as bad as, as you don't learn from them, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and Prabhupada uh, did make statements at times that you know only self-realized persons should write and so forth. But he also said quite to the opposite that your realization will be enhanced by writing, and he encouraged his disciples, you know, to write. So um, I, I, I think it's better to err on the on that side of in, in encouragement, and um, then to then to. Almost militate that you have to be at a certain level of Krishna consciousness in order to write. And who's going to determine what level you're at?
1: Hmm? Right.
0: You can say, for example, who you know you can't write the Bhagavad Gita commentary. But if you want to use Prabhupada's logic, all you, you really the reply would be, you cannot. But you cannot say, I cannot. Hmm? <laughs> but you you cannot, but you cannot say, I cannot. <laughs> And so yeah I did get some flack for writing a commentary on the Bhagavad Gita and it's 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 uh, um, an example of the, the, the kind of thing you know we're talking about that, that I think is is counterproductive and you can see it in in, in, in a number of devotees uh, books those who have written books. There's, oftentimes there's almost an apology for writing the book at the beginning of the book <laughs> Um I, I they probably shouldn't be writing a book if they have to apologize, you know, for because everything's in Prabhupada's books, you know, and I'm only maybe writing a bridge book to Prabhupada's books. I mean, my perspective, Prabhupada's books are bridge books to other books. Hmm? He quotes. He cites regularly. And if you're interested in the subject more, the, 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 the implication is go to that book. Hmm? Yeah, so... <laughs> So um, I would, uh, yeah, I, I did receive a lot of flack from that. Um, um, it didn't really bother me because I, I didn't think it had any any substance to it. But it was it was unfortunate. Um, but um, yeah, I was, uh, you know, I guess I was a bit of a pioneer in that field because now there are a number of Proverbs disciples that have written uh, yeah. uh, commentaries or done done translations. Of, of, of the Gita, and so I took a of course. I took a in writing the Bhagavad Gita commentary. I took a certain course. I mean, I I write my books for reasons, you know. I think it out. Um, with regard to the Gita, my feeling was that uh, by that time I had written the Tapasendarab edition, and I did a book called Aesthetic Vedanta, which is a very very interesting book. Um, um, it's a term that I coined in, um, in, in my thadda edition, Aesthetic Vedanta. So I wrote a book about the Vedanta of Aesthetics. And uh, I explained the, the Rasa Panchajaya in, in, in there from, among other things, uh, looking at it from the technical, uh, vantage point of Rupa Goswami's, um, aesthetics of Bhakti Rasa. Hmm. So, um, Having done that, um, I I thought about the Bhagavad Gita um, because I've read Prabhupada's books many times. I think I read the Bhagavatam, all of them, um, oh, 30 times, mm, the volumes of Prabhupada in the Bhagavatam. I really relished the Bhagavatam. It was my favorite, always my favorite book. Um, and I felt that I hadn't done justice to the Gita comparatively. i maybe read it 10 times. Mm. And... There's, there's this nice group of devotees who are like Gita Bhaktas who feel like everything's in the Gita. And I thought that it, 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 it's, it, I'm sure it's valid, you know, the seeds of everything, at least. I look at the Gita, the, the Bhagavatam is the theological sequel to the Gita, which Prabhupada Gita referred to as the, the civilization of intelligence, spiritual intelligence in the Bhagavatam the civilization of the of, of the soul itself, the soul proper. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was intrigued with the idea of experiencing everything in the Gita. So I studied the Gita, but that was before uh, now the the, the core Gaudiya editions of Vishwanath Chakradik Thakur and Bhadavid Gusan are in English. That it was not available at the time. Um, um, but I, I, I studied the Gita and I studied also their, 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 their commentaries um, and I began to find, you know, to experience everything's in the Gita. And one of the things in their Gitas, those commentaries being, like I say, core Godia commentaries, they do subtly bring out and in some places directly say Uh, That hear Krishna speaking about, you know, rag Bhakti, which is a little peculiar for most people. Uh, Krishna's in Kurukshetra, um, speaking to Arjuna about Dharma. You know, this isn't the Braj Leela. But uh, the way I approached it was to give support um, in contemporary language to those ideas, core ideas. They were found in Bhishwana Chafatthi Thakur's edition and Baladhi Bhushan's editions. And of course, Prabhupada dedicated his edition to Baladhi Bhushan at at the onset. But anyway, um, I took the approach that Krishna is standing at Kurukshetra speaking to Arjuna about Dharma. Has he ever been there before? And if so, would that have any impact on what he is saying? And of course, from the Bhagavatam's story, we know, yes, he was at Kurukshetra hmm? during the solar eclipse. There he met with the Brajvasis. He had confidential discussion with with the gopis. That's a very core section of of the Bhagavatam and the the, uh, glorification of uh, trumpeting of the virtues of the Brajalila and Rajagopika's in particular. So uh, he was there. Now he's there again mm-hmm, with Arjuna. Will that serve as an Udipana? Mm-hmm. He's going to talk about Dharma. How can he you know, not reflect back? So I, I looked at it like that. And, and, and of course, this way I was able to give some support, I think, um, to, to those ideas, especially in the Chatra Shloki, of the, the four essential verses, of the Gita that um, uh, Shakti Thakur um, points out. So, but yeah, I mean, um, it, it, I got some flack for it. As far as realization goes, I mean, the more realization you have, the you know, the more you're going to be able to add to it. I don't, I don't think there's m- much of a place for just repeating things that have already been said. Uh, but if as a result of reflecting on them, there's something that uh, that you have benefited from personally, and you're a devotee, then there's a chance that another devotee will benefit from it as well. Hmm? Right. And I benefited immensely from all the books I've written, but we're talking about the Gita. I, I had the realization every chapter I thought was the best. And then the next one. <laughs> and in my particular edition, I, I try to show how one verse leads to the next to the next and so forth. And sort of show it more as a conversation, if you will, and make the connection how one chapter logically leads to the next. It's not something that Prabhupada did in his particular commentary. He, he wrote his commentary in a different way. Um, so those are a couple of the unique aspects of it. And, and it was very rewarding for me personally. And so, you know, I knew This is good. I mean, I'm a devotee. I've been nourished by this. Other devotees will as well. So that some people don't like it or don't think I should be writing it and so forth. Time will catch up. And, um, you know, I'm on the right side of history here.
1: (laughs) I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the tension between realizations and representation, because we, we hear that just repeat what the previous acharas have said But then it's the the line between realization and speculation is kind of blurred. How do we make that balance, especially for people, younger people who feel like they could write and and say something about Gaudiya Vaishnavism?
0: Well, uh, you know, I think it's very important to be grounded, very, very well grounded in in the teachings, in the core teachings, right? To begin with, and that's a task in itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um Prabhupada's books are um, introducing us to an entire lineage and a heritage liter uh, of of uh, um, literature that's you know considerable. Mm-hmm. Many many uh, core books and commentaries for hundreds of years. Of, Years of tradition of commentary, he's introducing us to that, and um, in a, in a bit of a hurried way also as he travels around the world and uh, and so forth. So um, I think it really behooves one if they're going to write about to go to Vaishnavism, to understand it and go as uh, deep deeper into it, which Prophets books are kind of a a, um, a portal, you know, to um, and and that in itself is is a task. Um, now, obviously, there are different levels to writing about Goya and Russianism, what you want to say, and so forth. But if you if you but, but the theology, how rich it is, um, it, 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 how nuanced it is, how it it arguably uh, offers. The deepest penetration into transcendence while acknowledging other levels of penetration into transcendence in other traditions. Um, It's very, very uh, uh, interesting. And and as I was saying earlier, I think it it has a lot of potential to capture the minds of of people. If you want to talk about consciousness, what's the nature of consciousness hmm? Um, and how it's not. For example, one argument would be our argument, something that's reducible to a brain. Hmm? But that's just like 101 discussion about consciousness. What is the nature of consciousness? What 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 is the what happens in the in the realm of consciousness? What possibilities and so forth. Um, so, uh, so to write. Um, about Gaudiya Vaishnavism, I I think it really behooves us to, to understand it better. Um, and, uh, and your question is about realization versus speculation uh, and so forth. Well, the word speculation, which was a popular word of Prabhupada's that he invoked, mental speculation, I think is often misunderstood. Um, Mental speculation is different than philosophical conjecture. Mm -hmm. So, Prabhupada, while speaking against what he called mental speculation, simultaneously advocated that what we say should be supported by the text. Mm -hmm. So, I think that You could just say any old thing, make it up as you go along, and that would be in proper vocabulary, mental speculation. Whereas if what you say is supported by the text, then it's not mental speculation. Now, when you start to speak and your speech or writing is represented by the text, there's room there. Within that, which you can see from reading different authors, that there are room for more than one opinion. That still falls within the parameters of the of the tattva, of the, of the siddhanta. Mm. There is something called um, um, Shastra yukti. Hmm. Yukti means reasoning. So reasoning about the implications of the text in time and circumstances, hmm, and just within the text itself. Shastra Yukti is not mental speculation. hmm? Yukti or reasoning that's not grounded in revelation, hmm, where you just, and that's the modern society. A certain point in Western civilization uh philosophy was uh unhinged from theology in that case the you know the, the, the biblical uh western revelation of the, the prince of peace jesus of nazareth and so forth and his, and his followers um so when they unhinged uh philosophy from theology and philosophy unto itself then you're just there to uh, for as much mental masturbation as you want to come up with any, any number of ways of looking at any number of things and so on and so forth. So that's the kind of thing that probably referred to as mental speculation. Mm. Whereas if you reason based on scripture, hmm, that kind of philosophical conjecture and so forth, if you can land it on your feet hmm, in doing so and remain, in your presentation, within the parameters of what constitutes the philosophy, which then you have to know, then that's desirable. That's not just repeating something. Then now you're 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 thinking this verse says this, it says this over here. And these work together like this, and and, and and there's a another way that it could be looked at um, and shed new light on it. I mean, that's the whole idea of Guru Parampara. There's sometimes an idea in some in amongst Prabhupada's followers which I am one, uh, but uh, not in that particular group <laughs> Particular group I'm talking about, where the guru, for example, now should only say up to what Prabhupada said, nothing more. Hmm? Maybe a little less would be, would be better and make him or her uh, thereby bona fide. But that's not the teaching. He or she, the guru, should say more. Hmm? And Prabhupada would like nothing more than that, if you will. But the more doesn't change anything. If you, if you were to take a lotus and you and put some sunshine on it and open it up and open it up more and show more of, of, of what's there. And and of course, teaching, preaching, writing is also gonna obviously take into consideration the time and the circumstance one's
1: in. Hmm? Um, what's an example of that more, would you say?
0: Well, this is one example, of time and circumstance will warrant. That uh, what was previously a detail that it was emphasized may be de-emphasized now because it's 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 no longer applicable. Hmm? Um, you know, Prabhupada was preaching that people who didn't know anything about Gaudiya Vaishnavism or Hinduism even hmm? for about twelve years. Well, you know that Prabhupada le- left in nineteen seventy-seven. I don't know how many years is it now later? Fifty years later, right? And there's a lot more information about Gaudiya Vaishnavism and uh, people are coming to Gaudiya Vaishnavism like yourself who were born in uh, maybe Gaudi. I think you or your wife, in Gaudiya Vaishnav families or you have children now yourself um, and so forth. This is different, very different circumstances. So what's going to be taught, what's going to be emphasized within Gaudiya Vaishnavism arguably are going to be uh, different themes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Than ones that were emphasized by someone who was breaking ground hmm, with new people uh, who had never heard of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So, according to time and circumstance, there's going to be new ways of talking about the teaching. And on a, there may be, if the circumstances um, mandate it, uh, speaking about other um, aspects. Of Gaudiya Vaishnavism that, that are there, for example, in Prabhupada's book, but weren't emphasized at that particular time. Um, so that's one way in which there's more, and another way, in a more even deeper, more spiritually substantial way, is that um the realizations come from practicing Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm? As Prabhupada said, dami budhi Yogam Tam, Tite. Krishna's, Krishna gives insight hmm? and and um, uh, new ways of looking at the same verse that still fall within the parameters, you know of of the Siddhanta.
1: Hmm? Hmm. The, the, I, I, someone could say that, okay, something that may not have been emphasized previously, now can be emphasized or something that wasn't can be emphasized now then it gives room for anything to be i guess kind of picked and chosen of what to emphasize and what to not and it kind of maybe someone could say it waters down the teaching or it changes or you're kind of um according to your liking you're just taking the things that uh the acharya said but not emphasizing the things he emphasized and some people find that to be a problem
0: (laughs) well uh, I don't think uh, watering down would apply to someone who's writing a book that's going deeper into core tenets of Gaudiya Vaishnavism if you want to write some um, pablum for the general public, because you feel that Vaishnavism is not popular enough, and therefore you're a little embarrassed to be a member of it, um, and therefore you want to popularize it. That, 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 that there's a there's a a chance you could be watering it down, right. and it would be, and it, it and it wouldn't be um, very palatable, perhaps, I and mean, you know, poor, Issues of the philosophy might be compromised, and it's one thing to be want to be relative. I think you want to be relative to time and circumstance, but not at the cost of the core teachings. So that's an right. art how to do both. Now, right. you know, in, in my books, uh, I'm writing for devotees. Hmm? I'm trying to take them d- deeper into their own practice. Hmm? It, 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 it's <laughs> So it's, it's, it's far from watering it down. And I think that that's what, that's what writers in positions like mine were uh, sannyasins or uh, um, learned persons, uh, uh, senior devotees. Um, I mean, I'm, what, 72. I'm, I've been at sannyasi for 50 years. So you would hope that someone like me would be able to write a book Right, right. That <laughs> that. would they would inspire devotees, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, if you were to take, if you were to give this, and let's just uh, an example, give all the sannyasis, um, uh, and uh, you know, and senior women, uh, you know, preachers, the, the task that they that they have to go to all the temples and speak on certain subjects, like, okay, you're going to go here and do a seminar on you know, Seminar here on the a seminar here on the you know the, the Gita or something like that instead of trying to make new people, which is easy for them to do comparatively, right? To speak to a new person about Krishna consciousness is like I do in my sleep, you know. Hmm? Now, if <laughs> I to speak to a group of, of, of devotees who have been devotees for years, decades even, and not have them fall asleep or get bored. Or not come because they think, I've heard it all before. Mm-hmm. I've got to know what I'm, what I'm talking about. So I have to then go deeper into the philosophy myself in order to be able to do that. So this, when you approach it like that, it ensures that the, the writer himself or herself is going deeper into the teaching, digging, you know, mining for his jewels to 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 bring out thinking. Taxing their brain how to how to deal with contemporary currents of philosophy in the world today and and show how Gody Vaishnavism is, is relevant in relation to them. This is this is very consuming, so it's very purifying for the preacher. Hmm? It puts a pressure on the preacher and 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 it and it enlivens the, the constituents, the group, who then in turn can you know make easier make presentations to the to, to the general public you know probably was preaching really only to the devotees first he made the devotees and then he started he was only preaching to them we were preaching to everybody else hmm? right so I think there should be a class of authors that do that hmm? um, and I don't think that you're, it, it, you're going to get uh, a, a watering down you know it just it doesn't that the term doesn't apply to that 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 approach
1: um, Fantastic point! I love that. So, like, kind of goes back to Prabhupada's point where he said, "In a few letters, boil the milk." We have so many. We have so exactly. many followers now. What's the point of increasing when the when we don't inspire the ones that we already have? So I love totally. I, I I say that a lot about. I mean, it's not a popular point, but it's it's, it's a good it, point. I should make
0: the point in 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 response that that's exactly what I was told to do by Pujapanditra Maharaj. Also. He was very uh, brought to tears to see the, the, that members of ISKCON were going away. Hmm. Members who had dedicated themselves were going away because of the, the way the, the administration had uh, conducted itself, the leaders, the gurus had conducted themselves. So it was very painful for him. Um, he, and so he personally asked me, he said, told me, whatever ordered me, uh, empowered me. You should do relief work, he said. It was paining his heart that devotees who had come were going away. Do relief work. So preach to the devotees. Explain to them. I'll give you an example. Um, he heard, he knew Achyutthana Maharaj. Some of you may know Achyutthana Maharaj, a brother of mine. Well, he was in India and preaching. And Prabhupada was an American. He wrote to Prabhupada, this was years ago, that he was in need of a Siksha Guru. And Prabhupada told him, go to, go to my God, to the Bihar of what to speak of what you can learn from him, you I consider him even my Siksha Guru. So history is there. And, and um, Achyutananda stayed for several months with Sridhar So Sri Sridha Maharaj knew him and liked him and, and so on. Well, many, many years later, of course, after Prabhupada had left, he heard that Achyutananda Maharaj had written a book entitled um, Jewish something. Um, it was a plate off of another popular book. I can't forget. Uh, J- oh, autobiography of a Jewish yogi. Huh. Of autobi- <laughs> autobiography of a yogi right? Yeah right, right. autobiography of a Jewish yogi. So he took it to mean that 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 a had become a Jewish yogi. A <laughs> had become a a Achyut- Achyut- a jewish yogi i mean he knows so much about Godia Vaishnavism. he's proud of society, but he lived here with me we we taught him how could it be possible of course that's not exactly what it, what it, what had uh, happened yeah. uh, but um but he thought Godia Vaishnavism was so rich we we can nobody should go away we should be able to you know uh, uh, capture their mind their intelligence their their heart by presenting it in such a way that it's this hackney thing when I go to class I've been there I, I heard it all you know the class is for new people the class is for new people the class is not for for new people hmm. uh, I, I so want to yes, talk a little bit boiling the milk. exactly yeah.
1: I I, I want to talk a little bit about the relief work thing in your experience what has been the most inspiring thing for those who have kind of felt hackneyed or felt uninspired And, and they become inspired somehow by either your association or how you speak or other devotees in your experience. What has it been that has done that?
0: Well, um, I think that, um, a good number of devotees who have, I've been able to help have, have. Um, have uh, kind of felt that the um, fountain, if you will, that they were drinking from it kind of dried up and that they were hearing the same thing over and over again. And, um, and, And that's not so bad to hear the same thing over and over again. But if you can say the same thing, let's say, for example, you're not the body. Yeah. I mean, you've heard it, right? So yeah, someone said, I, I, and I don't need to go to that class. I, you know, I, I heard that. That's for new people. That kind of thing. Um, but to hear that, how about you are the body? I mean, I could make a strong philosophical case that you are the body. In as much as, for example, the body that we have is configured out of the Maya Shakti, but it corresponds entirely with our own consciousness. Yum yum chadite chaditayante kalevaram. Right? The body that you get corresponds with your consciousness. It's it's your own idea. Things are ideas. Hmm? I mean ultimately we are kind of you know idealists, not in the pure Berkeleyan sense. Where there's no matter whatsoever, but matter is, you know, potentialities that the, the objective observer brings into fruition or gives shape to, and so forth. So the body is 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 our consciousness. We are conscious. I mean, I'm just making an argument to talk yeah. about this in another way. This is just one way of doing it. To or or you could talk about the it, it in terms of uh, that you're not the body in terms of uh, uh, philosophy of mind, neuroscience, or something like that, that people are swayed by in, in the world today and come up with very interesting, you know, uh, presentation about the subject that someone says, ah, you know, I already heard that. Yeah, I know, I know that. That's for new people. And realize what's it's, it's you haven't realized it yet. And, and there's a lot to be said there. And it's a very, very interesting um Subject. So, w- what I found is, in, w- in one sense, talking about the same issues hmm, with more insight using contemporary terms in relation to m- modern trends of philosophical thought and so forth um, is uh, compelling and, and, and nourishing compared to just repeating. I think you have to look at the just repeating, which is something Prabhupada sometimes emphasized, yeah. um, you know, in a in, in a dynamic way. Let's give another example. would used to taught us that that the books were like law books, right? Yes. So you can't go to court as an attorney and say, Your Honor, I feel and I hope. And it, my heart's strongest desire is that the, the client is my client is not guilty. When the other lawyer says, Well, according to you know, such and such and such and such in 19 such and such and so forth. The law said this, and another date the law said this, another date the law said this. Therefore, based on the circumstances now, I say he's guilty. Well, the other lawyer, that lawyer is going to win the case, right?
1: Right.
0: You know, so probably to give the example, these books are like law books. Now, there's a couple ways that you think about that. First, first the way to think about it is these are the law books. This is the law. Everything literally here, the, the, the whole world should be following everything literally. But if you follow that analogy out, you realize the law is continually being determined hmm? in an ongoing way with reference to previous precedents and so forth, then in relation to the new circumstances that we're dealing with now. Hmm? Right? So it's a very dynamic when you when you when you, when, when you play it out, right? Hmm? Yeah. And so I think that, that kind of uh, dynamic thinking um, is, is uh, you know, I have a little bit of that, you know, and so I've been, I employ that, if you will, and, and it's been something that uh, the devotees have found refreshing. But besides that, I think just uh, the ability to, um, when I answer questions of a lot of students and friends and so forth, I answer them with questions. I get the answer as a question. So I, I try to get them to think about it themselves, which is they find very refreshing because they came have come from a situation where they were led to believe, whether it was intentional or was, it was a mistake on their own part, they were led to believe and they came to the conclusion that they, they weren't allowed to think. Hmm. Um, and they shouldn't even ask the question. Uh, they shouldn't even have any doubts Okay. I say, doubt and come to me, <laughs> come, you know, sit in front of me or stand above me as you like and doubt. The, and my business is to try to eradicate the doubts. You're, you're supposed to have doubts, hmm? questions. Yeah. I'm supposed to answer them. I'm, supposed, I'm not supposed to say, don't ask that question and then make you feel like you're offensive in the community, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the assembly or something like that. So yeah. for yeah. Whatever, whatever it's whatever it's worth, a number of persons, a good number of them, the majority of them, um, who feel nourished by me, had 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 you know developed that kind of thinking about Gaudiya Vaishnavism that, it, that it, you know, there was no license to think. Everything had been said. You think otherwise, you're offensive. Um, uh, and it, it, it's very it's very brief. that kind of thinking is very different
1: from what probably what it was actually like. Hmm. So, he would he would accept doubts and address doubts and. Well, he he
0: asked me, "What are the doubts? What are they saying? What are the people saying?" And he would like mm-hmm. to hear them, and then he right. would like to be able to reply and so forth. Um, right. And I, I expressed doubts to, to prop about things that he wrote and so forth, and, so, and, and things that he did. Once I asked Prabhupada, Prabhupada, you know, you, <laughs> I mean, I just do it innocently, you know, but. I, I said, you know, you, you wrote in your book that, w- that the guru should not accept worship before the deity, but you accept worship before the deity. So how we how do we God. understand that? I mean, and then the, the prophet's secretary said, "Don't you're offensive." I, it was on a walk with Prabhupada. I think you know, I didn't think it was offensive. I just thought, well, here's my guru. These I don't I don't have anything wrong with it. I don't I don't find a problem with it. I like it. I like the guru puja. You know, I remember when it started before we even were doing it. You know, daily. Yeah, and I know the history of that too. It's very interesting. So, um, you know, I I I think that um, we should encourage uh, because if you don't encourage people to voice their doubts and bring them out and to and 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 to think for themselves, this is not a black and white thing. Spiritual life. It's not just. It's not. It's not like that. Love's not like that. Love's full of gray. Hmm? Full of gray. She loves me. She loves me not. I mean, you, and you and you really you're you're, you're you need to use your body, your mind, but you need to use your intelligence in Krishna consciousness also. It yeah. pains me yeah. to see that many of my God brothers and God sisters, in my humble estimation, are adults in every field. Uh, they have adult opinions anyway about any particular thing, but about Krishna consciousness, sometimes they have very childish opinions. They're afraid to be adults in relation to Krishna consciousness, and that's a that's a disservice to their guru, to prabhupada, because prabhupada said. At one point, my only shortcoming is that I have my. He said my grandchildren are coming, but my children are not coming. Mm-hmm. What he meant by that is, twenty-year-olds like me were coming, but fifty-year-olds who knew something <laughs> about the world, uh, that probably was trying to figure out the Western world how they think and and, and so on and so forth, they weren't coming, hmm? and so. Now some of us are 50, 60, 70 years old. We should we should be using that maturity of experience and so forth and adulthood, if you will, in in having an adult way of looking at Krishna consciousness rather than a very childish way of looking at Krishna consciousness, which is good when you're children. Hmm? And you just yes, 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 and, and so forth. And and you know, we see that in, in Prophet himself, how he dealt with his um. Superiors and so forth. How he wrote uh, differently in some commentaries than what was written previously, giving his own insight and so so.
1: Did Prabhupada answer that question that you asked him on the morning walk?
0: You know, he got cut off by the other devotee who, who um. Um, criticized me. <laughs> okay, um,
1: yeah, I, I love that point. Of... Well, yeah, he
0: said he said dilemma, something like that. He didn't he didn't take it up, but. Uh,
1: yeah, a lot of gray, a lot of gray in spiritual life. That's something I got that I understood. Uh, you know, Padma talked about that too, a lot of, of gray in, in spiritual life. I appreciate that point a lot. For those of you listening, um, we're going to take questions pretty soon uh, from Marsh. So if you have a question, please put it in the comment section. Please keep it concise so we can uh, post it up on the screen. But Marja, I wanted to talk a little bit about your more current books now. Um, you 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 talk, You wrote the Gopal Tapani Upanishad in early 2000, Chikshashikam, Sacred Preface, and then uh, recently now you're working on another book. Can we talk a little bit about those?
0: Yeah, uh, the Gopal Tapani Upanishad commentary was something I did because I saw it as a sequel to the Isha Upanishad which to did. Ish Isha is like the God of Upanishad. Right. Gopal Tapani is the one about Gopal Tapani. Oh. It's light on Gopal Krishna, and uh, the Gopal mantra. that's the central mantra of our uh, Diksha mantra, is uh, revealed in the, in that uh, that text and uh, explained. So, I thought that was a a, 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 a a would be a contribution to the community, and it's been well received. It's it's sold out. We're just just getting ready to re, reprint it. Um, and then um, I was busy with my mission for a while and didn't write, but uh, the most recent book I wrote is entitled Sacred Preface, and it is an extensive commentary on the Mangalacharan of Chaitanya Charitamrita. Chaitanya Charitamrita has about 14 seed verses that the book expands from. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are original verses of Krishnas Kaviraj Goswami, all Sanskrit verses, and some of them are, a couple of them are, from, are attributed to Sri Damodar Goswami. Um, and so the book expands from that. So I've written a commentary on that. I call it sacred preface because the preface is a modern way of speaking about Amangal a Charm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very interesting uh, book. Um, uh, I recommend it <laughs> for thoughtful persons. It, 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 it's uh, it's uh, highly philosophical and uh, brings in a lot of contemporary um, insights, um, it, philosophical insights in the world and interfaces them with uh, core Godi Vaishnav tenets. But um, recently, and more recently now, um, I'm writing a book. I finished writing the book. It's, uh, it's in the final stages of editing it's quite a long book, quite a tome. I think it's over 30 chapters um, and it's entitled Circle of Friends. So it is a book um, about the nature of sakirasa. Hmm? Um, the history of sakirasa in the sampradaya is included in it. Wow. Um, it's a book that, uh, why did I write it? Um, so, some time ago, um, there was uh, Bhaktivedanta Narayan Ryan Marsh was um, preaching widely that Prabhupada's ideal internally must have been Manjari Bhav. Mm-hmm. and um, I understand, you know, why he said that, why he thought that, and um, it's very reasonable that he would uh, come to that conclusion. But unfortunately, it was. Uh, in a, in a, as reasonable of a, of a conjecture and as that was, or insight, spiritual insight, it is one that is not informed by many things that Prabhupada said about himself, which is the ultimate pramana, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, you can come up with different reasons as to why um, a devotee's ideal might be this rasa or that rasa. Um, that's what you find in books like um, Kavi Karnapur's uh, Gorgonadeshti Pika. You find he's based on pharaonic statements, based on opinions of other devotees, based on something the devotees themselves may have said. And there may be different opinions that he entertains. I mean, something like this, something like that could be possible, this could be possible. It's not a like black and white book. If you, if you study it carefully and he says it at, at the onset of the text how he came about you know how he how he how he wrote it so um um there 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 are different ways that you might go about pursuing an answer to the question hmm, as to what this devotee's ideal is srup is and so forth but the ultimate pramana is what the devotee himself says hmm? mm-hmm. And I was aware of the fact that Prabhupada had said a number of things about himself. Um, maybe they didn't register with a lot of other uh, devotees, but they registered with me. And um, and so, seeing that um, this was being propagated, that, that Prabhupada's ideal was Manjari Baba, I thought it would be a service to Prabhupada and to his disciples in particular and followers to... Uh, bring forth the um, evidence uh, uh, with regard to such, such subject coming from himself. Mm-hmm. And so I gathered, together with the help of some friends and students, I all the statements that Prabhupada made about his internal life, directly and indirectly. Mm-hmm. Wow. And um, it's an amazing amount. <laughs> of information. Uh, Some people say, disciples of Prabhupada said, Prabhupada didn't talk about that. Well, he talked about it quite a bit, actually. If you put it all together, uh, it's quite a bit. Quite a bit more than you can find um, has been voiced by uh, contemporaries of himself, Um, god brothers, about their ideal and so forth. So um, having that information, I I gave it to Bhakti Abhai Ashram Maharaj. And I said, Marsh, why don't you put this together in a coherent form as a, as a little book? Hmm? And so Marsh took that up and presented it back to me. And then I looked it over and I added some insights to it, implications of what this might, this would mean and so forth and so on. And, um, and so we have the book by Bhakti, by Asha Marsh entitled, uh, Oh, My Friend, which is a phrase that Prabhupada used. Right. And it's uh, it's interesting that the book was criticized without being read by some people as speculation about Prabhupada's rasa. And it's it's the antithesis of that because it seeks to uh, uh, bring to light everything that Prabhupada himself said about his ideal rather than speculate about it right. or, or say that you can't think about it. Well, he did think about it. He did speak about it. And this is what he said. This is what the circumstances of the time. This is what the implications are. This is what the teaching says in, in relation to it and so forth. So we put out that little book. And um, and subsequently, some friends and students of mine asked me to write something um, in, in greater detail about um, Sakirasa. Because Sakirasa is something that has been eclipsed. Mm-hmm. In the Gaudiya Sampradaya for some time, the history of the Sampradaya is such that it was it founded, in terms of being an institution of sorts, uh, or um, let's say uh, its early days of initiation, bringing people into the fold of Gaudiya Vaishnavism was was this was under the care of Nityananda Prabhu. Hmm? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu commissioned him, especially in, in West Bengal, um, to deliver the mercantile community in particular. And um, from within that group, the Dwadasagupals Pauls all appeared. All the 12 principal cowherd Sakharas associates of Krishna Balaram appearing in Gorlila all appeared in that, um, um, came under the care, I should say. They weren't all... Uh, from the Vaishya community. Some of them were Brahmins, but um, they they came under the care of Prabhu, And they all... Uh, uh, <laughs> it's interesting. Because Prabhu, of course, is Balaram. And in in Krishna belief, he can't directly participate as Balaram in Madhurya Rasa. Hmm? Right. Um, but in Gaur he can directly participate it by way of speaking about it, glorifying it openly. Mm-hmm. Valaram can't go around and say in Braj, you know, look at the glories of the Parakya <laughs> rasa here, right? Um, but in but in Gorlila he can, so it's a great opportunity for him. And of course he's a servant of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And um therefore Vrindavanda says in Chaitanya Bhagavat that, 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 that Nityananda Prabhu gave Gopi Bhav to the world. He gave it to, by giving the attention to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his gift, but he himself, of course, is steeped in Sakyarasa. Hmm? And so inevitably, some of the persons who followed him also developed this uh, attraction, for, were attracted to that ideal. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow.
0: And this is the beginning of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. It's divided into the Mahants and the Gopals. The Mahants are loosely grouped, it's tied together only by the fact that they're not Gopals. The Gopals are all in Sakirasa. And uh, so there were a number of lineages of Sakirasa. But at the time that Nityananda Prabhu disappeared and Jannava, his consort became prominent. Hmm? Uh, the Goswami's books uh, from Vrindavan were coming out with the emphasis on Madhurya Rasa and defining Chaitanya Mahabhu, you know, in, in terms of his internal reasons for descending and so on and so forth, which is prior to Chaitanya Charitamrita, but it's there embedded in the Goswami's writings. And so there was a wave then of interest in 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 in, in Madhurya Rasa. And even in the line, if you will, of Nityanandapu uh, coming from Janabas, is now, by now, by this time, the, the Gopals are also passing away. So Madhurya Rasa, Manjari Bhava, became the prominent um, influence, and it is the prominent influence, it should be the prominent influence, but they're not at the cost of a um supporting role of of sakirasa but unfortunately that became the case in in the whole sampradaya uh deteriorated in terms of having spiritual substance then we come to the sound of bhakti you know it no educated not many educated hindus would were very interested in Gaudi Vaishnavism. it was was thought to be uh, if you don't have a caste you lost your caste you call yourself a Gaudi Vaishnav and you think you've got praying Hmm. You've transcended the, the Dharma, you know. We don't we don't we don't pay much attention to those people. So um and there you have the selling of Swaroops and so forth, more or less, you know, it's got, become a business and so on. And so you even find in some of the Sakiras lim- lineages founded by Dwarasagopals, suddenly the the, the also has a Manjari Swarup, and you can also get Manjari Bhav here. I mean, it's and, and then you find Nityananda is also is, is tasting Bhav. In fact, in some sects, he's equated with Radha. Hmm. So the, 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 these are unfortunate uh, developments, uh, and uh, among other things, uh, they serve to obscure the influence of Sakirasa But in Prabhupada, you have this huge wave of of Sakirasa. Hmm. And it's very apparent from what he said, what he wrote in his in confidence, in his own personal diary without desire to you know, to publish it and so forth, he expressed his sentiments. Um, and many, 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 the majority of Prabhupada's disciples felt affinity for this without thinking about it, for Soculus, That's without true. even thinking about it.
1: Wow. You can't wow. even
0: find the word Manjari Bhav in Prabhupada's books anywhere, not that he doesn't Emphasized Gopi Bab and that Gopi Bab is the highest ideal. He did it appropriately, as Nityananda Prabhu did. But nonetheless, as many people were influenced by the Bab of Nityananda Prabhu, so so many by Prabh- by Prabhupada as well. You find afterwards, after Prabhupada's departure, when Sridhar Maharaj, Bhaktivedanta Narayan Maharaj, others came onto the scene by by Krishna's arrangement because the devotees needed nourishment; they weren't getting it. Uh, from where they were previously, and they felt they needed more nourishment, they got it, and they learned about some of these ideas. And then they, under that the, the tutelage of such Sikhs or gurus, some of them developed affinity for um, rasa Some of us didn't. We mm-hmm. were grounded in what uh, what uh, we perceived Prabhupada to be about internally. Mm-hmm. So um, so there's, anyway, there's a, there's a long history of. Uh, of uh sake and i have detailed it in my book up to the up to the present day um and well the book is it is an interesting book i mean it's um it's very personal in some places i must say it's confessional in some places which is um something that uh just happened to come out in you know in the context of my enthusiasm of writing about the subject uh it's right. entitled circle of friends and so <laughs> i was trying to think of a title where where there would be divisions, but how do you divide friends and not go all the circle that has divisions. So <laughs> it has a circumference, it has a radius, it has a center. And wow. so what I've done is I've taken the, uh, the upper portion, if you will, of the circumference as the beginning section, which is about the tattva. So there I explained the, the tattva of of um, relating to Sakuras, so including the means to attain it uh, as raguna Bhakti, Samana Bhakti, um and so forth so i have five six chapters about that little terse but very uh, interesting nonetheless uh, philosophy and history that underlies Vaishnavism. and then the second part of the book is is the, is the radius so we go from the circumference what it is will include what it's not i mean what's what does it mean to love god as a friend well there's a lot of things that it doesn't mean And then there's things that it it does mean that fall within the circle, right? So we're standing on the circumference and looking inward and then we go inward to the radius. And there I have played out then what Sakirasa means by um, going over the chapters of the Bhagavatam that um, focus on Sakirasa. There are three basic centers, aesthetic, uh, centers of the Bhagavatam's Tenth Canto, you have a Vatsalya Ras center, you have a Sakira center, and you have a Madhurya Ras center. For example, the Sakira, the Madhurya Ras, uh, excuse me, the Vatsalya Ras center is the Dhammadar Lila and the chapters surrounding that. Mm-hmm. Then you have obviously the, the center of the center, if you will, the Madhurya Ras center of the five chapters of the Rasa Lila. In between the two, you have emphasis on Sakiras, beginning with um, the Ramali Mohan Lila,
1: so it's not necessarily focusing on Prabhupada's swarup as a, as a, a, a saktiras the same way that the previous book, Oh My Friend, was.
0: Yeah, the previous book, Oh My Friend, is focusing on Prabhupada's ideal of Sakyaras, not on the details of right. his his inner in, inner life per se. This book isn't focusing on the inner in details of Prabhupada either. It's focusing on the nature of Sakyaras. So oh, we told the Bhagavatam Lila, hmm? that's the opera, the, the prakat Lila, with looking at it all, all from the point of Satyarsa, from that angle, writing about it. And that's something that hasn't been done. Hmm? Right. Right. So it's a you know it, it it's it's nice to have something that you can offer that hasn't been done, and that, and that there's an audience for it. There are people that would would be would be nourished by that. So to wow. write about all those Lilas, particularly from that angle. And then the last part is the center of the book. Well, that's not the last part, the third part. And that is looking at it from the aprakat lila, mm-hmm. to the unmanifest lila. So looking at the typical day in the life of Krishna, the eightfold divisions. Hmm, and we, I'm looking at it from the Sakiras vantage point, which has always been looked at from the Madhuriya vantage point in Govindalila or Krishna Bhavanamrita, Kavikarnapur's similar text describing the Lila. That's something I asked. I'm the only person I've ever asked Prabhupada. What does it mean, Astakalila? Because he mentions it in Upadesham Oh, wow. I
1: mean, kind
0: of interesting. Interesting up. <laughs> so, so, uh, so, the last part, the third part is about the. I go through the eight daily lila and look at it from the vantage point of anarma saka. So, that means the sakya rasa that's influenced also by Madhurya rasa. Mm. These are the most intimate friends of Krishna. And um, then the last part of the book is a, is a few appendixes, which serve as kind of the bottom half of the, of the circumference of the circle, more, more tattva. So it's a pretty, pretty interesting book. Um,
1: when is it slated to really be released?
0: You tell me, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's in the last phases of editing. And you know, right. I mean, I live, you know, I, I live in Northern California at my ashram called Adari with, with two other devotees. Who take care of me, and uh, I help to take care of them. We have five cows, and one peacock, and three cats, and and three dogs there. Um, so there's a lot, to, a lot to do, you know. Right. It's, right. Right. It's 20 acres, and I keep pretty busy. In the morning, you know, I, I um, rise and and, and 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 chant, and I I I clean up after the cows. Takes me about an hour cleaning up the cow dung, redoing their beds, and so forth. Wow. And so. Um, I do that personally and, and, you know, and then I cook, most of the time I cook lunch, uh, for myself and the other, other devotees and, uh, there's some cleaning to do and then the, in the afternoons, um, um, I have time to sometimes rest a little bit and write and so forth and on into the, into the evening and then I do the classes like this and so forth. So point being, uh, only that, uh, that my personal circumstances are such that I got a lot of things to do yes. which are good for me that besides the writing so if I was just to focus only on that and the other two with me only on that we'd probably get it a little earlier but I, I you know hope for the end of the year
1: Right, wonderful looking to forward to it
0: yeah it, it's a good book I mean and I think the will will be surprised um by it and and um and whatever their sentiment may be with regard to higher ideals I think they'll um, find it to be uh, nourishing.
1: Yeah, that gray that gray again. Not It's not this and it's not that. There's a little bit of, we need to accommodate that. I, I appreciate that a lot. Well, if you're going to talk
0: about Saki Rasa, you have to talk about Madhuri Rasa also. So right,
1: right. Looking right. at it from
0: that side. And it's unfortunate too, because these things have been presented sometimes. as This is bad. This is good. Saki Rasa is bad. Madhuri Rasa is good. Oh, yeah. you know, well that nothing could be further than the truth if you in in the in, in leela itself, so to see mm. how they connect and how deeply and um they these two are particularly compatible Ras and mads mm. they're they're friends amongst Rasas. so um yeah there's something for everybody there
1: great uh for our listeners uh we'll be taking questions now maraj with your permission um we can take okay. some questions from the okay. uh comment section um Okay, let's see here. We'll start from the top. Uh, Maraj Dundavat, We find that the loving propensity is present even in the animal kingdom. However, this propensity has been misdirected since time immemorial. If this propensity becomes directed towards the sum bonum, then does that constitute bhakti? And what is this distinction between this propensity itself and bhakti proper? Very. Um... I don't want you to spend too much time, Marj, because we have so much other questions. But if you br- could briefly, maybe. Answer that. My apologies yeah, for I
0: think that the, 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 the all souls have a capacity to uh, to love, a propensity to love, a potential to love. Hmm? There's there, there's no doubt about that. But um, if they don't hear about Krishna and um, the dissemination of the teachings about Krishna, that is bhakti. That's what we call sadha sanga. Hmm? Then Um, that they're going to repose their loving propensity in something that can't reciprocate in kind. That said, um, to be honest with you and thorough, uh, yes, we have some loving propensity and uh, we find it even in the animal kingdom, but largely what's taking place within material life in all species is something that's under the influence of the Maya Shakti, so there's some there's some sense of self-preservation that's involved, selfishness. in um, uh, the Swarup Shakti of Krishna is working in a very different way, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that love, materially speaking, is not the same thing as bhakti, mm-hmm. as loving Krishna. They're they're they're, re- they're related, but they're they're different um so but in, in anyway in the just that aside in, in, in and in a broader sense without sadhusanga we can't take up um sadhana bhakti without sadhana bhakti how we or mercy with both how we attain prem bhakti so it has to come from good association and so forth yes we have the capacity to take it up that's what Tasta means hmm. right. It has to mean we could live on one side, or we could live on the other side. Mm-hmm. We yeah, and we can live under the influence of Maya, Maya Shakti, or we can live under the influence of the Sarup Shakti. We're we're of a nature that lends itself to nurture, so that the environment, whether it be a Maya Shakti or Srirup Shakti environment, is going to um, be the nurturing factor. Mm-hmm. And um, but it doesn't mean we're not important in what we have you know in our in our constitution as an atma one of the things we have is will so if you get the mercy of Sarasanga, and as a result of that um, you yourself take up bhakti that Sarasanga is an anga of then having received that mercy you're going to in time be able to apply your will in relation to that mercy which is going to determine something about your your ultimate um, attainment.
1: Wow. Right, thank you.
0: In other words, maya shakti suppresses the will of the jiva, the Sruup shakti uh, uh, facilitates it, hmm? mm. but it can have whatever it wants because under the influence of the srupa shakti, it will be pleasing to Krishna. Hmm? You can't have whatever you want. <laughs> it was not in relation to Krishna. In the maya shakti, you can't have whatever you want. In the spiritual world, you can have whatever you want because the environment is all working only for the pleasure of Krishna. And It's a big subject, but it is, yeah. I wouldn't say, no, that that means that bhakti is in you, that we have a propensity to love. That's that's included in the teaching that bhakti comes from Sadasangha rather than being inherent.
1: Right. Okay, thank you. Uh, from Charmaine O'Brien, can a pa- can the path of impersonal liberation be a forerunner to realizing Krishna's ultimate supremacy, or are these distinctly separate realizations?
0: Well, we realize ourself as an Atma being different from the body in the context of uh, uh, pursuing the ideal of praying. Um, but there are paths that are distinct um, in that from bhakti in that they are particularly focused on realizing the atma and its likeness to brahman and those paths the path of gyan mm-hmm. the path of yoga uh, to some extent as well astanga yoga these paths they they detachment for example in gyan is is one of the angas limbs of the path Umukshatva, longing for liberation, is central to, to Gyan Marga. these things are counterproductive mm-hmm. in relation to the path of bhakti. They will harden the heart, they will not soften the heart. Mm-hmm. So the path of Gyan is distinct from the path of Uttim Bhakti given by Rupa Goswami, and there are, there are problems with it. Mm-hmm. If, 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 I mean, it's not a problem You can atta- You can attain Sahaja Mukti, um, uh, through, through through Gyan and a little bit of bhakti, but um, it's not that you apply yourself in that and be better suited then to pursue bhakti. It's possible that, like Sukade, you can be brought out of that, if you will, by good association, but that's uh, more rare. Mm-hmm. And, for that matter, as I said earlier, by pursuing bhakti, you'll not be You'll not be without self-realization. That will come in the context of pursuing bhakti. Right.
1: Thank you. Uh Dandabats two questions. What kind of help are, are you having with writing your books? And tell us uh, about some recent book you read that you found inspiring. Kind of
0: help? Am I having? I'm not sure what the question is. Um I get help from my editors, Um, um, but, um, you know, mostly uh, I get help from core goalie of texts and commentaries and so forth that uh, I go deeply into and um, uh, draw from them, cite them. I get inspiration of my own from them and cite that um, and so forth. Uh, recent books that I've, I'm, I'm reading, you know, I, I read uh different kinds of books, uh, philosophical books uh, mostly. And uh, at current time, I've been because I've been absorbed in this book, I, I haven't been uh spending any time reading other books, um, but um, I found um. I can't think of the name of it. Um, There's two uh, married couple, last name is Kelly. They wrote a a book called um, um, Irreducible Mind. Hmm? Irreducible Mind. It's a very uh, well thought out book um, dealing with the argument that consciousness is not the brain.
1: -hmm. Okay. Can you please say something about founding the Harmonist website?
0: Well, yeah, we have a website called the Harmonist. um, And you can read what it's about on the Harmonist itself up there in the banner. I think it's, I say something about us. There it is. And um, yeah, I started this uh, quite a few years ago. I don't know, it must be at least more than 10 years ago. Um and um I wanted to have a site that would uh have articles about Gaudiya Vaishnavism mm. as well as articles from contemporary thinkers in the world today um on, on you know on, on contemporary spirituality and so forth. Uh so um it's a it's kind of pluralistic. In a way, while Gaudiya Vaishnavism is the core of it, uh, all the articles are not written by Gaudiya Vaishnav authors, but by contemporary people who are making points, perhaps that we as Gaudiya's also uh, largely agree with or um, um, have some, we have some connection with, or their thoughts, and points, that, uh, uh, arguments that we have thought about also and come up Landed a little differently on different feet about it, and so forth. So, it, it's, it's, it's kind of meant to promote thoughtfulness amongst devotees about their own path, both by looking deeper into their own path through articles about Vaishnavism and about currents of thought in the world uh, today that um, we could relate to. I mean, it, 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 to me, it represents more of the, the time of Bhakti Vinod, for example. Bhakti Vinod was a luminary in his time, and he was known by secular authors. In fact, a secular author is, you can call him a secular author, but uh, he was a religious man, but uh, uh, I forget his name, dubbed Bhakti Vinod Thakur, um, who was a journalist, uh, the seventh Goswami. So you, you could imagine in the time if there were televisions and whatnot, Bhakti Vinod would have been on television about this or about that. Right. So we, you know, I I, I wanted to have a site where like godi Vaishnavism was part of the world hmm? without compromising its core teachings, commenting about it, listening to other people, what they might say, and and so forth. A lot Mm of room for comments on there and so forth. It's an interesting site, Harmonist.
1: For those of you interested, Harmonist.us is how to get there. Uh, Maybe someone can put it in the comment section, a link. Here's another question. Why did you write the shikshashtakum?
0: Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. Um, I had given a series of lectures in Finland, uh, on Shikshastikum, And, uh, some of the audience said, you should write, uh, you know, it's down. It was very nice. They liked it. So I, th- I thought about that. And I thought, let me do some research about Shikshastikum and the various commentaries that have come out over the ages. And what I was surprised to find was there was a dearth of commentary, on shikshastakam which is so seems so central Hmm? what you find with regard to shikshastakam is at the very end of chaitanya charitamrita the shikshastakam verses are cited by krishna Goswami. He makes a few bengali comments on them passing from one to the the next Um, and that's largely the main commentary on shikshastakam in cont- more contemporary times, in, in more modern times, Bhaktivinoda wrote a commentary on Shikshastakam. Later, the Anantadas Pandit wrote one as well, and they're different. Um, but I couldn't find anything else um, out there. And I thought, well, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's room for more commentaries on, on Shikshastakam and so uh, I, I, that was the basis of it and i i, I wrote a it was my favorite book at the time it's very much about you know gore leela and um, it uh, it very much shows that uh, basically that the end of chaitanya Charjamrita is the chaitanya Mahaprabhu was successful the last verse is you know is is the last verse of shikshastakam basically and and this verse, Kavli was spoken by Radha. Mm. <laughs> Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was, was, was successful. Uh, so it's a, it's a very core, you know, teaching, Sikshastaka. It's also written about, I should say, the Shikshastika verses are there, cited by Rupa Goswami and Padjavali, but they're not uh, put together as if one is leading to the next, to the next, to the next, which Krishna Das, Kavirasa Goswami did. And I, I, I liked that. Uh, he theologized a bit, you know, to put them together like that. Goswami put them under different categories, along with other verses, some by known authors, some by unknown authors. Um, but Krishnadas, this is, you know, we were asking earlier, Katnamas about new light, you know, something new. So he took those six shastika verses, right. showed that they'd be seen one after another, after another, and he placed them in Mahaprabhu's mouth at the end of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, in the arms of Damodar and Ramananda Roy. I mean, that's very creative, you know, <laughs> okay. and uh, and he demonstrated that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was, was successful in what he was trying to do. So, yeah, so I, you know, written, yeah, really, really, I really enjoyed the, the writing the commentary. And that's that's the uh, the genesis of it.
1: Wonderful. How are you able to move forward while receiving criticism from others?
0: Well, criticism is good for you. <laughs> that should, that, that we shouldn't. Uh, be worried about that if someone has some criticism let them bring forward and listen to it and if it has any and we would try to find some value in it even if it, even if it doesn't appear to have any on its face um some value, some kernel of truth in it that we can improve from um, those who criticize us in in, in ways that are um, inaccurate and um and don't have a kernel of truth to them well you know you could take their picture and put it on their altar and, Worship them for showing you how not to be. Um, Wow. But if you know what you're doing and and and, and you're getting a taste from it, um, you know, someone wants to criticize you. If you're living with a taste for bhakti, then it's like water off the duck's back or something like that. You know, it it doesn't can't deter you.
1: Hmm. Okay. What is Uh, your opinion of the Gurus and Babaji's of the Parivars?
0: Well, there are many Parivars, so you can't really have a blanket uh, statement about them. Um, And I make my determinations about devotees or lineages uh, based on what they say and what my experience of them is and so forth Um, um, rather than what might have been said a hundred years ago um that you don't even know the whole history and it's been how much distorted by now uh, who who knows i don't like to keep up old fights that maybe were valid at at a certain time uh, a long time ago um it's very very difficult to sort out the the accurate histories of what what was taking place in those times it's impossible Hmm? so i think we we have to um be generous, accept. If people are chanting, uh, they're followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. There are room for differences with regard to Abhideya Tattva, the means to get there. There may be differences in how to apply oneself. Um, take Ragh Bhakti, Vishwanath was written in Raghav uh, Chandrika that um, details about, that would be pertinent to internal practices of Raghav Bhakti can be given by the Guru, by a Siksha Guru or they may come simply from practice. Then he gives verses from bhava to support the latter. Hmm? So you find an emphasis on the latter in, the, in, in terms of, in, in the, in the, in the um, preaching of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati and also from Bhakti Vinod. Hmm? And you find an emphasis on the former in a number of uh, uh, Bari Bars today. And, you know, both have, have, um, could be uh, applied properly or improperly hmm? in, in in both situations. So I've seen in our own paribar, which we which Bhakti Siddhanta referred to as the Bhakti Vinod paribar, our our group, he told his disciples when they were asked what paribar they're in, say the Bhakti Vinod paribar. Uh, typically, the paribars are thought to be uh, originating in associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu during this time, but that's not always the case. We have the Shamananda Paribar. We have the Naratam Paribar. Neither one of them met Mahaprabhu, For example, they're emphasized because of internal and external reasons, uh, uh, respectively. The internal insights of Shamananda and the wide preaching of Naratam compared to compared to Lokanath, who had only one disciple, Naratam. Um, so we don't call it the Lokanath Paribar. We call it the Naratam Paribar. <laughs> uh, so. Um, so there's room for the Bhakti Vinod Paribodh. P- Prabhupada said, "My movement is a movement of Bhakti Vinod." Mm-hmm. So um, there are problems with that, Paribhar. lots of them. Mm-hmm. I'm a member of it, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 Bhakti Bhakti Vinod Thakur was uh, when Bhakti sat to following Bhakti Vinod Thakur's lead, was not shy to criticize Gaudi Vaishnavism, which he was a member of. When he made a when he made a diorama of a Brahmin using a shaligram shila as a nutcracker. The implication of it was, you're worshiping the shaligram, but only to fill your belly, really. Hmm? Well, this was, a hue and a cry came from this and he was taken to court over it. Bhakti Siddhanta, only in wow. India, right? <laughs> he was taken to court and um, and in the in the course of the rebuttal, uh, the, the Brahmin side said, well, Your Gaudias are also doing like that. He said, then put Gaudia T-lock on on the diorama. Hmm? (laughs) He was ready to critique his own group. I think we should be ready to critique our our own group and our own selves. We should spend a lot of time on that. Hmm? And expect that we could find a better example elsewhere, perhaps. Uh, It's possible. And hopefully, uh, that would be the case. And if not, well, we have to know enough about Gaudia Vaishnavism ourselves to be able to make that determination this is not the teaching this is not the philosophy um yeah. but then again what you may think is not the philosophy i mean i went to some place one gold yamata and i and i and i was told i had the wrong color cloth and then my bead bag was the wrong color you know, you know if you think that's a siddhanta you know I, okay well i don't hmm. so there are details that could be could be different in different places that don't necessarily make them bad hmm. because they sing this song at that time rather than the one we sing at that time yeah. And so forth. And then even in a deeper sense, the approach to the path, there's room for differences. There's room for different tastes, different ideals. We were talking about Sake Ras, Madhuri Ras, and so forth. Mm. So I don't have any fixed opinion about everybody. I have opinion about people that I meet and that I hear from and that I um, have experience of. And I have a lot of experience of a lot of different types of Bodhi and I have strong opinions
1: about them all. <laughs> right. Wow. Thank you. All right. Uh, we're coming to, to the almost the end of the time, but I want to take this last question from uh, our my friend Madan Gopal. You have surrounded yourself and your ashram by cows and Goseva for many decades. Can you say something about what Goseva brings to your practice and you're setting an example in this way? Very nice question. Well, well,
0: you know, um, I uh, started a few ashrams, and I, I, I originally thought I, I would try to get, like, 30 or 40 monks, you know, 10 monks in each, in each one, you know, 10 or 15. Probably once wanted to express a desire of 25 sannyasis resident in, 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 um, in, uh, Vrindavan at the Krishna Balaram Mandir taking care of Krishna Balaram. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, and, um, and so, um, yeah, I have a whole different approach to a lot of things, but yeah, I, 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 Established the ashrams that were rural, rural um, and I felt that that was important. They're, they're largely, you know, self-sustaining. They grow food and whatnot, and and, um, and so forth. And um, and so cows, you know, are, are part of that. But one of the one of my thoughts at the time was that that monks can um, need to be in touch with uh, their humanity a little bit. Uh, at, households householders are more readily available, able to do that. <laughs> taking care of kids and one another, dealing with sacrificing for one another's needs, you know, um, which makes for you know, a meaningful, rewarding relationship um, that you can grow, grow through. So uh, one of my original ideas was that, that by taking care of cows, the, the monks will be, they're, you know, we say the cows are mothers and they're true, but they're like children too. <laughs> they require a lot of a lot of attention and so forth. So right. I thought it was a nice way that they could they could remain a little grounded, little little in 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 their human he, little he, humanize them a little a little bit, I guess right. I wanna say. So they don't get off thinking I'm living on a mountain, I'm enlightened and you know, I have nothing to do with the world and uh, um, you yeah. know. Anyway, I didn't end up getting a whole bunch of monks. It wasn't in the cards that I, I have a you know reasonably nice group of, of, of helpers, uh, advisors, and so forth, and, and then disciples and, and so on. But um, in our ashram, Madhavan in Costa Rica, we have 150 of mountain jungle acres there. It's very very beautiful. We wow. have a nice Go Save a program there, uh, and at Audarya uh, in Northern California also. We have some cows in North Carolina, also where I go regularly. I'm going there just now in a few days, first time in a while since the pandemic, to give some lectures. You want to connect with that series of talks. You're more than welcome. But, but yeah, cows, you know, uh, back to the cows. Cows are um, a uh, taking care of cows, scratching their necks and so forth, giving them fresh fodder. This is an Anga apakti, hmm? according to G. swami and his commentary and talk to Sindhu. So it's uh
1: Wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. There's a lot. It goes along with uh, worshipping sacred trees and oh I see. And, and so forth an extension of that, taking care of cows. So um, yeah it's a very nice activity for the reasons I mentioned and on top of it it's it's an ongo part too, so
1: right. Wonderful. Well thank you Maharaj so much. Um, I just want to ask you uh, any parting words for our listeners uh regarding any of these topics but maybe maybe about authorship um or about anything actually
0: well uh you know read my books <laughs> if this t- this 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 particular interview is about me and authorship and books you know you might have yeah. to read some of my books they're 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 from a very different place uh than most if not all books that have been written about Gaudiya Vaishnavism, uh, just my own individuality and so forth. And it, it, it has been um, rewarding for a lot of devotees. So um, I'm not a big marketer of them, but you know, here's the pitch. Um, uh, if you read them, when I started to work to serve probably independently of this gun, my thought was to have a reading congregation. That was very, rather than a hands-on congregation telling people what to do with their lives and so forth, to create a reading congregation of thoughtful devotees um, and help to ground them intellectually in 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 the Siddhanta, hmm? um which would help them you know in, in 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 their practice so um i'm still very interested in that i'm not very um, outgoing in terms of canvassing and making disciples and so forth but Making a literary contribution I, I, I think is something I have a calling for. And um my books are available on, as it said there on the screen, at darshanpress.com. Um so also there's a website called Shabda Brahman, I think, maybe Shabdabrahman.com or something like that. Okay. well I have thousands and thousands of lectures there, it must be three thousand lectures. Wow. Um, that uh, on all kinds of Gaudiya topics and so forth that might be helpful for those who um, are, are interested. But otherwise advice, um, um, I think that it's good for devotees to try to express their realizations. And I think Prabhupada supports me on that and that in, in, in trying to do so that, that, that they should, um, should grow. Uh, talking about, writing about the realizations will solidify what, what we've heard. When the same thing that you've, that you're, when you're speaking about something to others, hmm, if you're paying attention to what you're saying, you're gonna hear in your own words what you need to hear yourself, hmm, more when you hear it from someone else speaking. When it's coming from you and you're telling it to somebody else, and you know, I'm not quite doing that myself, but I should be, or, or, it's good for you so according to your realization i think it's good it's, it's a it's a pity that you can go to a bookstore and you can find hundreds of books on buddhism many of them written by householders or um uh persons who aren't living a monastic lifestyle and you can't find that about go so i i would encourage the to to try to uh, <clears throat> express themselves and, and learn from that mm.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you, Maraj, for again joining me. Really appreciate it. Uh, maybe we bring you on again after your your uh, Circle of Friends book comes out. That would be really nice to kind of discuss that whole uh, topic. Would be really nice. And uh, for all of us, for all of the listeners, next week we have uh, another interesting episode. Um, uh, Garuda Prabhu and Bashu Ghosh Prabhu contacted me. They said, we want to come on and talk about Uh, Vaishnavi Diksha gurus, pro and con. And I said, as long as you all are friendly with each other, then let's do it. So they said, yeah, we're going to have a friendly conversation about it. So let's see how that goes. That's going to be nice next week, next Saturday. And then we have on Sunday, Amara Prabhu from Germany, uh, is going to be joining me, uh, talking about his life. Uh, he's a very interesting, devotee. So um, we have th- that coming up. Well, thank you again, Maharaj, for joining me, and uh, thank you everyone for listening. If you want to con- if you want to contact Maharaj, there's probably a lot of links in the comments where you can uh, find his um, website for his books and his personal website, SwamiJiParari.com, and you can get in touch with him there. So thank you everyone for listening. Uh, have a great rest of your evening. Maharaj, please stay on uh, after I turn off the live. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Krishna Hare Hare.